never say die! Fortigonon14. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 216 of Fortigonon14 and I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and when we first were going to do this show, before the problems in Houston, one of my picks for favorite soundtrack was Rock of Ages. But in retrospect, maybe a soundtrack with Rock You Like a Hurricane on it was in poor taste. <laughs> nice. What have you ever worried about, like, good taste, bad taste, though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to come up with something for that, too. I was like, yeah, I don't know either. Now we've made him sad. But yeah, so this episode should have came out in was like August. Oh yeah, a month yeah, and a half ago. Yeah, it was supposed to be right after Gen Con. Yeah. August 24th, the date is still up there in the show notes. Oh yeah, check it out, there you go. <laughs> Patrick knows his dates. He's going to get a <laughs> lollipop. Um, what? Movies. Did you not want a lollipop? If you like lollipops, <laughs> then maybe you'd like the great shows on the Podcast Collective. Including No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, Dating Baggage, Mint and Box Cast, and of course, The Rad Dad Radio Hour. I'm waiting for the Lollipop Show. What's the correlation between Lollipops and, and Podcast Collective? They know. both suck. I suck on either one? <laughs> you can suck on either <laughs> Something, something, suck. <laughs> something, keep... something, stick up ass. Why, why do you keep asking me questions I don't have answers for? <laughs> and Wait. they just uh, a new show just joined the network called The Show. Oh, that's hosted a... by Joel. <laughs> uh, actually, no. Uh, no, Joel's new show is called Lollipop Up Your Ass with Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a new show for me. But no, that's Justin and Justin's new show. Justin and Justin the so. show. Does he like record himself and then record himself again? <laughs> no, it's his friend Justin. Dude, oh. that's an awesome idea, though. Right. I kind of like that. It'd be like like trying to do your own uh, Doctor Who thing. Huh? huh? But you'd have to record it as separate tracks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it would be yeah, completely... give it some time. Hmm. I think Pat, you should do a show where you spout off ideas while you're stoned, and then you respond to them while you're at a one. It's like uh, when Snoop Dogg asks himself questions in his AMA <laughs> while he's smoking, and then answers them an hour later. Right. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> Show idea. There you go. Yeah. So uh, like you're looking for our older stuff. iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, and other podcasting closets. Uh, 708. Closets, huh? Yeah, that's a word closets. I want. Closet. Closet of podcasts. <laughs> that's a standard unit of measurement. Come on. Mm, come on. <laughs> How Dude. many closets of podcasts do you listen to? Well, I, I, I listen to at least three um, chests of closets. I've been listening for four elf now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I had to get it in before Josh. That's what she said. Oh, oh hey. Oh. Hey, if you'd like to complain about this bullshit, call us at 78708-NOW-RAP. <laughs> 708-669-9727. Speaking of listener feedback and complaints, do we have any? Nope, but I'm calling now. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick stole my joke. <laughs> no, but we have had a lot of action on uh, Facebook, though, talking about for uh, you know, what we're doing for Christmas shows. With Christmas coming up. Christmas. I like Christmas. Christmas movies. My favorite holiday. Yeah. Blah. Nah. The only thing I celebrate. Christmas. That's nah, not true. And 420. 
And I guess I'm not actually against Christmas. It's just like if you worked in retail for over a decade. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, it's like a mild form of PTSD. I mean, it's just it's just like how I feel about bars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After 20 years of working in bars, I don't really like being in bars. So I get it. So we had a couple bunch of other, you know, Ginny Bruner suggested Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. That's Sarah's mom. No. Yep. How would we how would we play that one, though? What would we do that against? Um, no idea. Because is, is there anything modern that you could even, like, come close to comparing to that? Uh, are there any, like, other Christmas B-movies? That would be He's Joel's. Looking at Joel? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all... sitting here racking my brain right now, so. Well, we also have Christmas Story 1983 and Christmas Story 2012. That's not a bad idea. I know there's been a lot of calls for Die Hard, only we we did it already. Yeah. But it might be time to return to it, like maybe do Die Hard 2. There was a Christmas Story 2012? Yeah. yeah. It, is it an actual remake of the original? I think so. I don't know huh. if it's a remake or a sequel. Huh, yeah. Interesting. I was unaware. I had to look that up. Maybe we should do that show. I want to watch that. You want to watch the 2012 one? Yeah, so I can hate it. That's a uh, teenage Ralphie. Ugh, I hate it already. Let's ooh, watch it. It's got Daniel Stern. Oh, you're talking about uh, the, the the sequel, Christmas Story Two, came out in 2012. That's, yeah, that's oh, why really? I that's why it I said Christmas then. Story Two, 2012. Well, it's got to be better than Caddyshack Two. Five years later, Ralphie has his eyes fixed on a car, but trouble is sure to follow. Oh yeah, it's gonna be awful. Let's watch that. <laughs> right after we watch Birdemic. Oh no, not that awful. <laughs> you went too far. Rain it in. You went too far in the awful meter. Oh. Well, it's about that time. I guess it's about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. All right, so this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, June 27th, 1994, is the release of the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Which is almost like, you know, putting in a cheat code as far as, like, best soundtrack ever. They just basically rated all the top ten yeah. lists of all the significant years. and put. I mean, it's an amazing soundtrack, but it's just, like I said, it's like cheating. I, yeah, I don't Wait, think it's... Something associated with Gump engaging in shallow emotional manipulation? <laughs> really? <laughs> I am shocked. But I mean, I will fully admit it works on me. I love Forrest Gump. I love the soundtrack. I I buy in, I I've been to Bubba Gump's and I didn't hate it. So, you know, I mean, I'll I'll buy into it. Okay, but I, I will give you points Hanks. for not contradicting my statement, though. <laughs> no, I definitely can't. I cannot do it. It's it's complete schmaltz, but it it somehow works on 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 this old bitter old person. Mama says it's a magic soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, so music, Joel. Take it away, music. Bubba. <laughs> See how this goes. In the middle of its 11-week run, All for One's I Swear is the number one song in the land. Popular even <laughs> with hacky ice cream salesmen. What? Wait, what? I told you you didn't have to read that. That's what I was talking about. I mean, oh, my God. Uh, okay. just for Mike. So, so Okay. <laughs> Pat and I. Now you gotta tell it. We gotta tell it because you and I were hanging out together. We decided we we're gonna stop going to an ice cream shop because we had a taste for ice cream. We go in there, we get our ice cream. We're sitting down, and the radio is in the corner playing. And there's this Pakistani guy behind there that was scooping the ice cream. And I swear comes on, and he starts singing along 
and his accent was so heavy. I mean, we're talking like he was not just like 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 a little. I mean, he was like fully into it. Like, oh, like he like he was standing in front of Simon Cowell, and it was amazing. He, he's all, I swear. <laughs> By the moon and the stars in the sky. It was, it was, but it was one of those moments, like, I remember making eye contact with you and then having to, like, make sure I didn't spit my ice cream all over the table. Yeah, we had, we had to leave because Mike was, was going to have an aneurysm trying to hold his laughter in. When we got out to the parking lot and he finally just almost dropped his ice cream, he was laughing so hard. But yeah, it's one of those, you had to be there things, which is why I told you that you didn't have to write, read that. I love, I love how, but I did. It's completely transitioned that, Joel is now taking on the Anchorman. You, right. <laughs> if you write it down, he'll read it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Sandwich by the sign by Asa Base and Stay by Lisa Loeb, who's a hottie. Yeah, I like Still. all three of those songs. Those are very '90s songs. Yeah, indeed. Do you remember the the two football players at the end of the hall on our floor that kept playing yes. "Stay" over and yeah, over? Yeah, they were next door to me and Joel. Oh, god, yep. that's right. Well, she was on a Workaholics episode, and she's still hot. Twenty seventh, Geffen Records made history when it's when it released the first major label song for exclusive digital download. The song was Aerosmith's "Head First," an unused cut from the Get a Grip sessions. Ten thousand CompuServe subscribers downloaded it in eight days. It is three minutes and fourteen seconds long and took sixty to ninety minutes to download. <laughs> Good God, CompuServe subscribers. Well, when it, when I first read that earlier, I thought it was saying it took them eight days to download it. And I was like, yeah, that might be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, consider how long it took to download a JPEG or a GIF. Right. Yeah, I can remember downloading like David Bowie songs over dial-up. It was, took a long time. Yeah, you just have to leave it and go do something and come back. Yeah. Oh, I got halfway through it. When we were at the internet company and Napster came built into the computers. Oh, my God, that was awesome. <laughs> we, we, had, we had our own Napster accounts built into our computers with a T1 connection. For the, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it made going home painful. Yep. On July 2nd, Green Day vocalist and founder Billy Joe Armstrong married Adeline Records co-owner Adrian Nesser. Yeah, that's a very 90s segment right there. Yeah. <laughs> From beginning to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to movies. The top movie in the land was The Lion King, followed closely by Speed. See what I did there? Nope. <laughs> followed closely by Speed. I think it was speeding up on it. I'm uh, I'm still missing it. I don't. Ooh, say it again. I think it was called the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> <laughs> That movie, man. They they bring up all this excellent tech tension, and then Keanu would speak. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I don't watch Keanu movies. But times have changed. Yeah, no kidding. They really have. Now, uh, I actually look forward to a movie with him in it. No, agreed. Pat, have you seen John Wick? Angry old man will not bend. No, Dude, you, you need. John Wick. You gotta see John Wick. Agreed. All right, movies released this week included Forrest Gump, Baby's Day Out, Wyatt Earp, The Lion King, and the acronym of the week, ILT, which, of course, is Italians Lick Tarantino. 
<laughs> it was the 90s. You could literally do anything. <laughs> made me blow they a probably booger. did, too. Oh, God. You made me blow a booger out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is actually the horrible, horrible Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts movie, I Love Trouble. I wonder if I've ever seen that. Nick Nolte, huh? If you were one of the 12 people who did, I would be surprised. There's another 90s reference. I Love Trouble. No. Nope, never no, never seen it. Nick. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen it either. Or Baby's Day Out. Or Wyatt Earp. Wyatt uh, Earp was like the lesser tombstone. Yeah, uh, it's still all right. I mean, it's That's just the one with Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a it's a Kevin Costner fired yeah, Kevin Costner fied version of Tombstone. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Let's go run out to see his movies. Yeah, no, I just no. Yeah, not not a mark of quality necessarily. But I will see a Kevin <clears throat> Costner movie before I'll see a Keanu Reeves. <laughs> As evidenced by the fact that I went to go see Mr. Brooks. Well, all right then. TV top shows in the land are Seinfeld, ER, and Home Improvement. To further solidify that we are in the nineties. <laughs> oh, oh, yep. Oh. All right. So uh, on June third, <laughs> June thirtieth, pre-trial hearings in the trial of the century begin when the O.J. Simpson trial for the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. There's a little. I've never, never heard about that. What, what happened in that? Uh, <laughs> well, the glove didn't fit, so they had to acquit. Oh man, I have I, I have so many things to say about all this, but we need to move on. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, born on June 24th, Erin Moriarty is an American actress who has been in several films and TV shows despite her young age. She played Audrey on True Detective and Hope in Jessica Jones, among other roles. There you go. All right. Okay. I thought you guys would have more to say about Jessica Jones, but I guess not. It was. Well, a... I'm trying to remember who the character of Hope was. Apparently, according to the synopsis, she was semi-important. Okay, I think I vaguely remember her. Erin Moriarty. Who'd she play? No one? Um, the problem is, is if I told you who she was, it's actually kind of a big spoiler if people haven't seen Jessica Jones. And I have not. Hmm. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, I know who she is. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, maybe <clears> that <throat> was enough to, to tell you. Yeah. But you should, should see it, Pat, because Keanu Reeves is, is not in it. <laughs> well, it's not that I see everything that he's not in. That would be a lot to see. Well, you better get to it then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, see you later. Gotta go. <laughs> We're doing the right. Not Keanu Reeves show with <laughs> Moving on to sports. Uh, on June 22nd in the 48th NBA Championship Finals, the Houston Rockets beat the New York Knicks to win their first of back-to-back championships. Yay. Yeah, who cares? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I've, yeah, because that was that was such a bittersweet moment because um, it was my first year away from Houston, away from Texas rather. Um, I was up in Chicago, and the Rockets, who I've been following since I was you know 12 years old, finally win the championship, and I'm not even in the city for it. Oh, they were like, "She's he's gone. We can <laughs> right, we can Time do it to now." Succeed. <laughs> and, and like I remember during one of the games of the finals, I'm I'm sitting in the dorm room. Um, watching the game on a tiny little TV and OJ Simpson goes on the white Bronco chase. And so they cut away to that and they put 
the the actual game in the corner like a picture in picture kind of thing. So I'm already watching it on a 12 inch TV, and then they put it down. And I'm I'm trying to watch my team win the championship, and I have like two by two inches to watch it on. It was very annoying. One thinks you would be used to two by two inches. <laughs> ah. Ah. Like Rubik's cube down there. <laughs> it's like different colors. You gotta twist it. Yeah, if you play with it, it gets harder. Yeah, and it can it can be solved in less than five seconds by someone who knows what they're doing. <laughs> and all the pros grease it up. I, I don't know. I don't know where I you're just going take with the this. Stickers off. <laughs> and it's got eight different colors. If you stick a screwdriver in it, you could pop out the middle. What? <laughs> oh, moving on. Jesus, this, this analogy is falling apart. Just, so, so just is your Rubik's, Rubik's cube. With a screwdriver. <laughs> All right, moving on. Hey, hey, hey now. On June June 23rd, replay showed that the Oakland A's Bobby Witt beat Casey's Greg Gagne to first base in the sixth inning, but umpire Gary Cedarstrom called him safe, ruining Witt's perfect game. (laughs) On June 30th, Tanya Harding is officially banned for life by the U.S. Ice Skating Federation for many professional events for her part in the attack on Nancy Kerrigan. Gluly. <laughs> <laughs> Never was that more appropriate, I guess, than right now. That whole thing was messed up. Yeah. Ooh, she's been in movies. Yeah. Actually, she's trying to make a little bit of a comeback. Hmm. And I would say that um, she's probably paid her dues by now, considering there are people that have done much worse things that are doing okay now. Yeah. All right, moving on. On June 28th, New York Mets pitcher Dwight Gooden got suspended for 60 days due to failing a drug test. Boy. Not enough drugs? Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't identify all the drugs? Yeah, yeah he didn't study. Basically, he, just, he took the wrong kind of drugs, you know, the, not the ones that are approved. Ah. Uh, mm. you know, yeah, uh, that, one, that one being cocaine. Oh. Dwight Gooden had a, a uh, let's let's call it a, a penchant for cocaine, and he was suspended and, and expelled from Major League Baseball several times on several different occasions. So he hung out with Tanya Harding. So what are you doing tonight? Nothing. Me either. Okay, we gotta I think keep. How we gotta that keep conversation that. would actually go. What are you doing tonight? Cocaine. <laughs> oh, I'm doing meth. <laughs> You got your meth in my cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to the last item before we end this segment, thankfully. On June 22nd, the United States beat 2-1. to one... What? Huh? The United... <laughs> Who wrote this? The United States beat Colombia 2-1 to one in the FIFA World Cup, the first time the U.S. had won a World Cup game since 1950. Andre Escobar, Colombia's soccer star, was shot to death for the loss by a zealous fan eight days later when the team returned home. Holy wow. shit. <laughs> wow. Quote, unquote, for the loss. <laughs> right. With a name like Escobar, I just have to wonder. <laughs> I'm sure somebody lost some money on that game. So, he, I mean, it could have been related to that as well. He was a jealous, a zealous fan who had maybe a couple million dollars on the game and did not like the outcome. Or maybe it interfered with Dwight Gooden getting his cocaine. <laughs> Nobody keeps coke from Dwight. 
Take us out, keyboard Joel. It's all class in this joint. All right, so this week we decided to do soundtracks. Not soundtracks of, like, orchestrated soundtracks. We're talking about soundtracks of pop music, music, songs. Yeah, basically the distinction, soundtracks, but not scores, necessarily. Right, that's the word I was trying to think of. Because I think... One of Joel's picks, like in the second half of the show, is all instrumental. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that I listened to some of it, and I don't think it can. I would consider that a score versus. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it's a soundtrack. All right. So you guys picked the really the ones I wanted initially, so <laughs> <laughs> made it hard. Had to reach down into the bucket, huh? I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right, so we uh, what we did is we each of us chose two, so we got four from then, four from now, and uh, first one up was Pat. Wait, we chose two? Yeah, one from then and one from now. That's one and two. Oh yeah, okay. I thought for some reason I thought that you meant two from each, and never I mind. Continue on. I just thought you didn't <laughs> understand the concept of the show. <laughs> Welcome. To the podcast, Josh. So you're saying there's a then and a now? <laughs> what a what? concept. <laughs> that, that thing I've been sticking to this whole time is a thing? <laughs> All right. So, Pat. Who? You. Oh, yeah. You're yes. first up, man. Yes. Uh, my movie was, my soundtrack was Pulp Fiction. Perhaps you've heard of it. Great, great soundtrack. Great movie, great soundtrack. It pretty much took over the 90s, um, especially the late 90s, because, you know, the early 90s, it didn't exist. So, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. 94. But, yeah, I mean, uh, this is one of the one of the greatest soundtracks ever, ever, uh, ever compiled, in my opinion. Better than Forrest Gump. Yeah, as far as as far as like for uh, representation of the movie itself, because you could definitely get a feel for the movie itself through this soundtrack. It was one of the, as far as I can remember, it's one of the first ever soundtracks to include uh, dialogue from the movie as actual tracks on the soundtrack. Hmm. I'm wondering if Reservoir Dogs had separate tracks as well. It did. It did. It did. Yeah. So, okay. Let me just toss this in here. I chose one song from each of them to uh, to play, get a little feel for it. So here, this one for some reason or another, this one stuck out in my head of the uh, dorm floor dance offs whenever we would play this. I know what this has got to be. Here you So forever in my head, I'm going to have Josh in his trench coat and boxer shorts dancing in the hallway to that. I may have been doing that in my chair, sans trench coat. <laughs> still still no pants. Some things never change. But no, we I think all of us own this one. Yep. True. And all of us probably could rattle off every song one right after the other, along with the uh, the spoken word parts of it. But... This and, is, and and it's you know we've all seen the movie enough that you know listening to the soundtrack you can imagine every scene you know that the the, mood, the that actual song is in and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I remember going to uh, pick this CD up and Reservoir Dogs and coming back and listening to them in the dorm floor. Nice. Oh, yeah. And this is a great soundtrack to have as a DJ, too, just because, you know, you can play just about anything from it. Right. And this is also one of the, um, it kind of gave a small rise back to surf rock. Yep. Oh, for sure. The Dick Dale track at the beginning. Oh, yeah. I mean, Quentin <clears throat> is always uh, reviving things. Yeah, and I think that's something cool Including about his John stuff. Travolta. John Travolta. He did, yeah. and then John Travolta messed it up, and now he's back in obscurity. Well, yeah. Well, no, he's he's, he's back in the limelight again, but I, I don't think we want to talk about that. Nope. Just a new show topic for another show. Nope. <laughs> Pedophiles then and now? Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. Mostly, it's not. mostly then. Ooh, no, we got to do that show, then I can do my Woody Allen impression. <laughs> all right we've gone down a weird alley here right now um but yeah that that song that you're thinking of is miserloo which is personally one of my favorite guitar songs of all time i'm trying to think of how many of these songs were songs that i was a fan of before the soundtrack and there's not a lot of them yeah exactly i mean that's what he does he, he really finds the gems and that's the difference between a soundtrack like this and a soundtrack like forrest gump Forrest Gump is good because it's, you know, it's, it's chock full of, you know, it's, it's like a best of soundtracks, you know, mm-hmm. whereas this is, you know, Quentin Tarantino putting, you know, a lot of thought into what songs should go with his, you know, I mean, I think he picks songs based on how good it's going to be in the movie and for the soundtrack too. I mean, how, mm, good, sure. is, how good is this song on its own? How good is this song in the movie? You know? And it brought a lot of the older, older artists to light, like the Statler brothers. With the flowers right. on the wall. I mean, that's well, one of those. Yeah, flowers on the wall would have been one of the two songs I was a fan of before this movie came out. Son yes. of a preacher man being the other. You'd think so, but no. Uh, Jungle Boogie would have been the other one. Really? Because right. I was going to say, you know, I didn't, I hadn't heard of Jungle Boogie before this soundtrack. Now, what I you... had this weird obsession with Cool and the Gang, like <laughs> going all the way back. Wow. Ain't okay. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay, and then um. I knew the girl you'll be a woman soon, but I knew the Neil Diamond version. I didn't know the Urge Overkill version. Hmm. Actually, this is. I'm glad you bring that up because this is the uh, soundtrack that brought Urge Overkill into the limelight. Yeah, see, that's I knew of them. <laughs> well, they're Chicago's own, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember singing that song only replacing the first word with J. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it came on. And now Jay he does have breasts. <laughs> oh. Oh, now that's sad. Wrong. Love you, Jay. So, yeah, so there's a... Uh, uh, Pat, what would you say is your favorite song out of this whole thing? Hmm. That, that's a good Ooh, one. Tough call. For me, that's an easy question. It's Let's Stay Together by Al Green, a song that's, which I have done karaoke several times. That's such a good song. Um, I would say it's between You Never Can Tell and Son of a Preacher Man, and I would probably have to go with Son of a Preacher Man. Oh, see, I love Al Green, and that's a great song, Let's Stay Together, but I'm going to go with Jungle Boogie, just I think mainly because of the memories attached to it, all the stuff we did. Let's Stay Together would be my third out of those, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with with Joel with the memory side of things. You know, the... uh, Jungle Boogie, and then the has to be just for the, all the, all the goofiness that went on during on the floor. But uh, Miserloo, I think is probably my next favorite one after that. 
Nice. I saw I saw Dick Dale perform that like ten years ago on on Conan. Yeah, you told Still me about it. that. Yeah, he was like it. they had to crank the uh, the monitor up all the way because he couldn't hear a damn thing. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, that's Pulp Fiction. Yeah, there you go. So Joel, what's yours? Uh, a muted mic. Excuse me. <laughs> I was like, why can't they hear me? Um, well, for me, the quintessential soundtrack of my youth. And what kind of defined me was the single soundtrack. Just the, the, uh, just one? What do you mean? Yes, just the single soundtrack. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah, that was Continue. <laughs> From the, uh, the Cameron Crowe love letter to the 90s uh, Seattle scene, it's, the soundtrack is, is all about the music. The movie's a bit more of a love story that loosely ties in the music, gives them an excuse to showcase the bands, but it's not really about the music. But uh, this is a soundtrack that I can listen anytime, anywhere, and just I love it. Mm. I- I'm with you on this. It, like I liked the movie and loved the soundtrack. That's yeah. that's exactly where I stand too. I think the soundtrack is better than the movie for sure, hundred percent. All right. Well, so it's one of those things where at the time there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, it wasn't as accessible to get like B sides and hidden tracks unless you bought imports or mm. singles or whatever. And or unless you lived with Joel or that, next to Joel. Yeah. Or pass by Joel in the hall. And, but here's, <laughs> here's like, I think this is the song that was like the only release of this. Wood. I just have this image like Joel's walking down the hallway and like songs just falling out of his pockets. He doesn't even know. Oh, Joel left a song. <laughs> <laughs> well, this right. had stuff on it that you couldn't get anywhere else at the time. Right. Now, I think this so, is one of them. The Alice in Chains one. Wood? Yeah. I think this is the only album that had initially, wasn't it? The Smashing Pumpkin song was obscure. Shit. Oh, well, uh, wasn't it? What song is that? I can't. Even, I can't even recognize it by title. Drown. Uh, out of the out of this, Drown was exclusive to this. Uh, the two Walt, Paul Westerberg songs, I believe, are um, exclusive. State of Love and Trust and Breath by Pearl Jam are both exclusive. Um, I'm not sure about Birth Ritual. Oh, here's. Here's one that I pulled out of there, just because... Wood was on uh, dirt. All right, here we go. This was definitely in my rotation of oh, yeah. CDs that I carried around with me. Well, and uh, at the time, uh, you know, Pearl Jam was my thing. And to have two new songs that weren't anywhere was, was huge. Um, Birth Ritual by Soundgarden has a special place because when uh, Chris, Matt, Matt and I used to hang out, Chris had a van that he drove. And I remember specifically, we were driving down in Kansas City. He had this at full blast. He had the uh, the the sunroof open or the moonroof, whatever it was, little thing on the top. And we, we were like, as he was driving, we're standing up with our heads out of the the van, screaming the song at the top of our lungs as we're driving down the road. And um, "Drown" was a song I always listened to whenever I would take an air, airplane ride somewhere. I was always that is just, why young kids' insurance is always higher. Because we're stupid. Yep, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but. I still listen to this to this day, and, and I, I love it. Absolutely. It's a great soundtrack. It really is. 
Yeah. Favorite Thanks. song, everybody? Ooh. Go ahead, Joel, you first, man. Uh, for me, Drown is, is always my favorite. It's it's one of my all-time favorite Smashing Pumpkin songs, and even though it's seven minutes and has an amazing feedback guitar thing at the end where half of the song is just that, it's just it's quintessential Pumpkins. Hmm. Normally, I would go with one of the Chris Cornell either seasons or the Soundgarden, but the thing is, is this soundtrack has... Uh, nearly lost you on it. Mm. So it's a great song. Yeah. It's so good. That album um, is phenomenal. The whole album is great. That's how I found Screaming Trees. Yeah, and Screaming Trees nearly lost you is. I mean, it's close, <clears throat> but yeah, that's gonna be my pick. But Battle of Evermore cover. Oh, dude, I was gonna say the same thing. That's not. I was gonna say, but that's not my favorite. Oh, that probably. isn't. Oh, my, fa- my favorite is Dyslexic Heart. Really? I thought that would be too... I I don't know why. I just, for some reason, think you would think that would be too corny for... I know, but I mean, sometimes the perfect, like, corny pop song, I really just... It just connects. I love that song. He's a hell of a songwriter, though, Paul Westerberg. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there are some great lyrics in there. I mean, that's what what got me on that song, was was the lyrics, really. Hmm. Yeah, for me, like I just said, mine is the Battle of Evermore. Just so much musical talent going on between... uh, Heart changing their name a, to the Love Mongers. It really is. It really is. A little bit of a little bit of a favoritism there, since his wife's in the <laughs> one of the band members, or was at the time. I don't know if they're still married. I think they are. Yeah. I'm not sure though, but I think they are. Yeah, just overall, beginning to end, a great soundtrack. Yeah, this is this like, is one of those that you could, we would have. Remember, we had that multi-disc player in the apartment. We just toss that in there and let it run. You never had to worry about a bad song popping up with this one. I would go so far as to say that almost every other soundtrack we're going to talk about, including both of my picks, I could find a song I didn't care for as much. Like even on uh, uh, Pulp Fiction, I might occasionally skip Lonesome Town. But there is not a song on this entire soundtrack I would skip. No. I win. How could you skip over Ricky Nelson? Ooh. It's still a good song, but it's if I was going to skip, it, that would be the one. Yeah, you're one of the people Garden Party was written for. <laughs> All right. Wow. That's really mean, Pat. <laughs> I take that back. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, mine for the then. I'm sure it's no surprise to any of you guys, but the Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, you picked it so I didn't have to. Yeah. If, this, if you- if, if if you ever get a tattoo, Mike, it's gonna probably be the Lost Boys. <laughs> it's it, it might be it might be something. I mean, I just have a really like kind of weird love for that movie and the soundtrack because the soundtrack. Well, not only not only is it a is it a is it a, a a vampire movie, which is awesome for you, but it's also in excess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's perfect for you. Oh yeah. So in uh, excess and Jimmy Barnes. And singing Good Times. Now, I put this in here. Jimmy Barnes apparently is a huge Australian rocker, which makes sense because in excess from Australia also. But he's from a band called Cold Chisel. One of Killawoba's favorites. He plays them all the time on Coffin Joe Cast. So wait, listen to this. He has 14 Australian top 40 albums, 13 charting solo albums, and nine number one hits. He has the highest number of number one hits than any Australian artist out there. Yeah, even bigger than ACDC. Yeah, that's ridiculous. 
I think I have mentioned this on this show that the Lost Boy soundtrack was the first album I ever bought. Yeah. Nice. I have. I bought this one on cassette in high school, and I. It's one of two uh, cassettes that I wore out. The other one being uh, REM's Green. But this one I wore out to the point where the tape broke. And I think th- this might also be the only album that I bought on cassette and then bought again on CD. Same here. Got it on CD, bought it digital, you know, just <laughs> to have it. Just because I had I had a 99 cents or whatever I had in the iTunes store or whatever. But um, the music is all over the place. I mean, it's you've got Good Times, a great intro for it. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by Roger Daltrey. Uh, laying down the law in excess and Jimmy Barnes again. A great cover of "People Are Strange" by Echo of the Bunny Men, which actually we talked about on the the cover song show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, even <laughs> "Power Play" by Eddie and the Tide. And oh, I, I love that song. It's a great song, and I still believe by Tim Capello, who, as we said before, is the uh, is actually the dude that's yeah, all the real sax player. Yeah. <laughs> In in the movie, he's a sax player that's all greased up with oil. That's that's Tim Capello. So bodybuilder sax player, you know the the, the common slash. <laughs> you know, I have to admit that I I've never listened to this soundtrack, but I'm very fascinated by the Roger Daltrey cover. Wait, you've never listened that. to the Lost Boys? Not even possible. Yeah, you've never heard this soundtrack. You are I know full songs of shit. Off it, but you if you have been around, you, if you were around me or near this is like near my room. For longer than a day, you probably heard this song. This Should have album absor- three absorbed times. it through osmosis, basically. Yeah, I was gonna say, Joel, you live with me for like three, four years. That's not possible. <laughs> I, I may just not have realized what it was. I guess that's probably what yeah. it was because I obsessively played this soundtrack. Yeah. yeah so between, between the two of them, it was it was running at least a couple times a week. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just never a, a huge fan of the movie, so I, that may be. And, they, <gasps> and if they weren't playing it, I was. That's true. <laughs> Well, let's let's hear the thing is the soundtrack is so much better than the movie. To me, the movie's only pretty okay. The soundtrack is one of the greatest of all time. Oh, I agree with you there. I mean, the movie, while I love it, is a cheesy B teen vampire comedy movie. Yeah, I only love this movie just because of what it means in my in my life, not because it's great. Yeah. So, well, here's here's the song I got from this one, just because it's awesome. And what I love about this is every time I hear this song, the entire intro of the movie rolls through in my head. Yeah. Was that also in the cover show that you used that one? Yes. Oh, I, yeah. If he didn't pick it, I did. Yeah. I thought I thought so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some good songs in here. And I, like I said, I'm, I'd be curious to hear it now. And, and I probably have heard it. I just, like I said, I didn't realize it. And I, will I say, mean, there's a couple songs where if you have ever heard them, you've only heard them in the context of this. Like Cry Little Sister. Yeah. I he, love it, but you're never going to hear it anywhere else. Right. Yeah. It's no, not no going to pop up. No playing that anywhere. <laughs> or, or Beauty Has Her Way by Mummy Calls. Yeah, you're not going to hear that in any Mexican. Dude, actually, I, as, as I've gotten older, I believe Beauty Has Her Way is my favorite song on the soundtrack. Really? For <laughs> years, it would have been People Are Strange, but I think it's actually Beauty Has Her Way now as an adult. Huh. 
It's a great song. It really is. So, okay, so Joel, apparently you've never heard any of these songs. So we're going to leave you out of this. <laughs> I, I still would like to just voice that I, I think that that Roger Daltrey song has to be awesome just because it's Daltrey and. Oh, it's Roger Daltrey covering Elton John. It's amazing. Yeah, it just sounds like something I would I would like. So yeah. I'm going to go with that one. Pat, how about you? I, I keep trying to pick something other than People Are Strange because that's just so obvious. But, I mean, I look at all these other ones as much as I like them. They're not as good. So People Are Strange. Although I can say growing up, uh, going to a Christian high school, I listened to a hell of a lot of I Still Believe. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> uh, uh, you think I would say... Um, people are I strange. I think you're going to go with good time, personally. You are completely right. Yeah. That makes sense. In excess. Yeah. I, I know mean, my mic. You know my Yeah. I mean, well, first off, it's Michael Hutchins just belting it out in this one. And it is such a good song. I mean, it's a roll down the windows, hit the pedal, and just drive and scream that movie. Scream yeah, it's that a great song driving out. song for sure. Yeah. Although well, my track that I would skip is to the shock of Miss Louise. Yeah. It's... Well, I- it, oh, and right. what I'm sorry, one of the things that I looked up the composer for this one because I thought it was like a really old music, you know, like from the 30s that they dug out of somewhere. It's actually composed by Thomas Newman, who composed the uh, music that Darth, Vi- Darth Vader died to in uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, he's he's oh. got a Grammy Awards for best soundtrack. I wonder who composed the music I died to. What? No, Rascal just... Flats. <laughs> I've been working on that song for years, Pat. All right. Well, okay. Hang on. This is soundtracks. This guys have worked on. Okay. Less than zero. Great outdoors. Um, the man with one red shoe, real genius, fried green tomatoes, uh, threesome. That's another, com- uh, another album that we all, too. yeah, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, really is. Yep. people I versus Larry. I that to be Joel's then pick. Well, I couldn't. I could not pass up singles. But if we do the second show, it'll probably be nice. <laughs> do you remember how we, we picked up that we album, Joel? For that, for Josh and I do. <laughs> well, exactly. But you know, it was funny when when you guys were talking about Mike and NXS. I think we've all kind of got our bands that people associate us with. And when no matter when an NXS song comes on, I always think of Mike. Always. Well, thank you. Not in a weird way. <laughs> but yeah, that's very true. All right, Josh. Here's next up. Wait, I want to start out with the music. Just to get Pat riled up. All right, Josh, go ahead. Oh. And and then Apollo Creed dies. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Four was another one because I was on a soundtrack kick as a kid. Uh, I remember I got St. Elmo's Fire. I got a whole bunch that I ended up only listening to for one or two songs. But besides The Lost Boys, the one I always listened to just about every song on every time would be the Rocky Four soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack, man. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Dude, Burning Heart by Survivor, and then Eye of the Tiger. Oh, yeah. Then you've Dude, got Training Montage. Yeah. Training <laughs> montage. <laughs> I'm trying to think of um, how Hearts on Fire goes. Hearts on Fire, Strong Desire. 
It's oh, kind of yeah. a repetitive song. Because, I mean, I, I really like John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, but I can't think of how that goes. Yeah, you're looking it up, Mike? I'm looking it up. And Eye of the Tiger has been on virtually every mix tape. Oh, I remember that song. Yeah, that that song sucks. That's the, probably the one I would skip. <laughs> That's your skip. That's your, yeah. Uh, for me, the skip is probably uh, a sweetest victory. What were you saying about uh, Eye of the Tiger, though? Eye of the Tiger has been on like every mix tape, every uh, training montage. Like if I have music to work out to, whether it was running or lifting or whatever, Eye of the Tiger is on all of them, as it should be. Wait, is that before or after training montage? <laughs> what? I, nothing, man. You're you're sailing that ship alone, dude. He's trying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> this soundtrack, Josh, you, what would Eye of the Tiger be your number one then? It's close between Eye of the Tiger and Burning Heart, but it's got to be Eye of the Tiger. It seems obvious, but yeah. You know what's funny is, um, as much as I guess Patrick doesn't like the song, when this soundtrack came out, "Living in America" was on repeat, like on my radio. When did I say I didn't like it? Oh, I thought you didn't like it. That was my memory that you hated that song. No, I never hated that song. I have an affinity for it. I don't. It's cheesy as hell, but it's not like horribly cheesy. I don't know why we would just automatically assume that you hate something. I no, shut up. (laughs) No, it's probably just a flawed memory. Maybe it was somebody else I know who hates it. I and you just automatically assume it's me because it's just so easy for it to be me. I hate you. (laughs) See, (laughs) Pat's living in America. I ha- I have to agree with Joel. I think "Living in America" as cheesy as it is, it's just a fun ass song to sing to. I feel good. Uh. Hey. Uh. And the guys come out and put the coat over you. I live in America. <laughs> yeah, right there. Gotta take a crap. It's <laughs> Pat's pooping song. <laughs> Pat recording in the restroom. What about you? Oh, you said you said "Living in America." Never mind. Me. Yeah, I was about to ask you what your song was, and then you already said it. What about you, Pat? Or did you say? Mm, I have not said. Ooh, there's going to be tension in here. <laughs> uh, I would go with uh, Eye of the Tiger. It's just, yeah, you have to, right? Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to say Burning Heart just about to burst. Yeah. It, I, it, I mean, it's just Driving fun. like a tiger. <laughs> that unquenchable thirst. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's another one where the soundtrack's definitely better than the movie, although I kind of liked Rocky IV. Uh, I think Rocky IV might be my favorite. Really? Yeah, Hmm. I mean, it's got Clubber Lang, who's just the ultimate villain. It's got Thunderlips, Hulk Hogan, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, Clubber Lang? I think you might be thinking of three. three. Yeah, I was going to say, this is is even Drago. Strike that comment. You record. get your Rocky facts wrong, I will break yeah. you. <laughs> He's not kidding you. Forget will. it. Rocky three is my. F- this is this is the Russian Rocky. That's right. yes. This, this is, is I, yeah. Okay, this is this is I'll i be happy for America, Rocky. And on training montage, we will go to break. <laughs> 
Not as exciting as I remember it being. Well, that's because you're you not know, getting glimpses of, of Rocky running with the logs on his back and pulling tractors. and. Oh, remember he's punching the side of beef? And, fi- and, and fighting grizzly bears and shit. Yes. And building fires and... I... Putting fires out. And... And talking to Wilson. And putting... Building a raft. Setting bears on fire. And... That, I, I think we saw... Crash. I think I saw a different movie. I want to change my skip track. <laughs> <laughs> Can we skip it right now? All right. We will skip to right now. We'll be back in a little bit. We're going to talk about our favorite soundtracks from 2000 on. All right, we are back. Now we are going to do uh, movie soundtracks from the 2000s on, as is our tradition. What? <laughs> There's a format? There's a thing we do? All right, now. Who are you, Pat? <laughs> Who put this headset on my head? Hmm? hmm? I don't know. That went nowhere. Oh, anyway, so Pat has first soundtrack up here. Uh, let's see if you can guess what it is. He says, trying to start it up quickly. I thought that's what you were doing. That's why I didn't say anything. Okay. I was like, I bet I can guess. Okay. And go. That's right. That is from the soundtrack of Precious. <laughs> I was going to guess it was uh, Harold and Kumar go to Oklahoma. <laughs> at, well, at first I was going to say it was Blade Runner 2049. But, yeah. Anyway, yes, that is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Awesome movie. Awesome soundtrack. The oh, yeah. amazing retelling of the Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, amazing cast. George Clooney, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson, and John Goodman. John Goodman's awesome and everything. Damn yeah. right. And I'm pretty sure that we waxed poetic about this when we did our Coen Brothers show. Yeah. We yeah. thought you turned into a horny toad. <laughs> um, but onto the music. This is just a classic bluegrass uh, country, uh, just chock full of really classic, a lot, a lot of really classic songs redone, some new songs, some uh, a, a just a lot of really bluegrass influenced good picking type music. Hmm. I mean, even people that, that ne- are normally don't even like bluegrass love the soundtrack. This was probably the soundtrack that turned me on to bluegrass as a genre. Same here. I think I, I knew it. I knew of it. And there were like, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I can, I can enjoy it if somebody else was playing it. But I think I would never actually, before this came along, turn it on, look for it, like have an actual, um, my, my father was a big bluegrass fan, so I was raised listening to a lot of bluegrass, like Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs and the Osborne Brothers. And yeah, see, without this album, I wouldn't have known who you were talking about. <laughs> who? Yeah, I'd say that's accurate for me too. Yeah, I, Earl Scruggs is now in my iTunes on my last computer, and would not have been without this soundtrack for sure. Nice. 
it's just one of those movies that you can put on anytime and I'll watch it no matter what. If start to finish. Mm-hmm. No matter where it's at in the movie, I'll watch it. And the soundtrack is a big part of that because it's so integral to the whole thing. Now, there was actually a second one that came along with this, too. Was the score, wasn't it? No, yeah, was... it was more. It was a lot more instrumental than this one, but yeah. No, I'm trying to think. There was like a second one. Yeah, they, they, they released a second. There's a second lesser-known soundtrack. Okay, I've got that one. Just too. like Dirty Dancing has a second lesser-known soundtrack too. Okay, of all the stuff that didn't make the first one. Yeah, and it's there was yeah there's another one that I have that has that second one. I remember that because I one of my I worked at Trader Joe's and one of my bosses we were talking about it. I'm like I brought it in. It's like oh here you go, take a listen to it. And like a week later, I'm like, hey, you got my CD? And it was like, oh, I thought you gave that to me. I'm like, no, <laughs> you shithead. Why would I give you that? <laughs> I sold it. I needed Coke. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That. So for all of us, do we have a favorite song of this one? I, it's obvious, but I mean, it's got to be Man of Constant Sorrow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, In the Jailhouse is a pretty good one, too. In the Jailhouse oh. is is probably my my favorite like song overall on this soundtrack, like I, but I I prefer other versions rather than that one, like Johnny Cash's version is great. Um, but when you see it in context of the film, though, it's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they they mm-hmm. used it accidentally, but I personally I think I would, strangely enough, I, I would pick Down in the River to Pray by Ooh. Alice in the House. That's a great. Song. That is a good it one. It really is. It's a beautiful song. Now, we also have a little bit of throwback to this because remember finding out about the composer of I Am a Man of Constant Sorrow. Remember uh, Dick Burnett? We talked about him in the Twee uh, four or five episodes ago. Yeah, we're like, who's that guy? Yeah. he Both his parents died before he was 12. He was playing the banjo at 13, learned to play, yeah, play the, the fiddle. Yeah, the guy who had the really, really sad life but still was doing much better than any of us. Yeah, and then he was... He he got blinded when he was working in an oil fi- oil field, and his boss is like, "Well, go make music." And he then yep. uh, composed "I'm a Man of Constant Sorrow" and went touring and stuff. So, with uh, Leon Rutherford was the other guy. I remember, he used to write what did what were the uh, ah he'd write songs on. It's, I forget how it was. Like he would write the music on cards. I forget. I forget. But it's like yeah, he was a blind. 1907 bluegrass uh, writer for it. So, a little bit more into the background on that one. I'm going right. to go with Man of Guns and Sorrow, too, just because it's a great song and it's a lot of fun. It really is. Hmm. No two ways about it. Yeah. George Clooney's got I, a great I, voice. I found myself like like looking up down in the river to pray like on its own. Just, you know, it'll be stuck in my head and I'll just. Look it up on YouTube to hear it. So, I, that's probably my favorite. Well, and that one—that's by uh, Alison Krauss, and that one. She has yeah. an amazing voice too. She really does. And, and she and she is part of the reason that bluegrass has made a resurgence because you know she's gotten really popular. Very cool. She did an amazing album with her and uh, Robert Plant. Oh, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. See, I love I, it when. When you have like crossovers like that, because you think bluegrass, you don't think Robert Plant. It's really, really good. I would highly recommend it. You have to write that down. <laughs> I have to remember that now. Dick Sandal. Josh, you got a favorite song? Uh, yeah, I, I, I let us off. It's too obvious, but it's I'm a man of constant sorrow for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's just and that that one 
well, I do like Jailhouse now. It's probably my fam- favorite out of this one. But Man of Constant Sorrow, it's just, I mean, soulful. Just it, it like embodies everything that bluegrass should be. Yep. So that's uh, at Sarah's uh, family reunions. Frequently, there's a lot of music, a lot of people playing and singing and whatnot. And the first one of her family reunions I went to, uh, her cousin picked it on the guitar, and I actually sang "Man of Constant Sorrow." Oh, sweet. Yeah. Very cool. Wait, she she played it. Oh, that's amazing. That's a not uh, he, but yeah. Oh, he. Uh, sorry. Her her cousin was an is an incredible uh, like sight reader. Can just like look at the tabs and pick up a song. That's nuts. But yeah, to, to be able to do, do that things. one of all of them, right. that's. I can't even read music. I've tried so many times. Pat looked at the guitar and it burst into flames. I used to play guitar, you jerk face. That's why I did it. Didn't want you to play me. Yeah, and then I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> all these guitars. Uh, an old ode to joy. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I didn't remember. <laughs> I didn't until now. Oh, uh, I remember that now so vividly. All right. Oh my gosh. Now Shut step up. over ding, to ding, Joel. Ding 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 ding. Ding ding ding. That qualifies. I played guitar. Damn it. You did. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to Joel. Uh, he, All right. he chose Whiplash, so here's a little sample of this, because I had never heard of this before this time. So tell me a little so, bit about this movie. I've never heard of it before. Well, so really? In the, really? In the now, it's it's a little tougher to come across a soundtrack um, that strikes quite the chord that the ones that we had in the then do. But the film Whiplash, which is a movie about um, Miles Teller plays a uh, a kid who's in a, a music school who's a drummer and idolizes uh, Buddy Rich and wants to be part of the 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 main ensemble like the hand-picked ensemble that's led by jk simmons aka uh j jonah jameson um yeah, fletcher and he gets picked and I, this guy is just berates and knocks down and just tries to get people um to go past their potential to become great and his whole he tells keeps telling the story about how you know that's there's a story that he tells. I can't think of the story now, but um, uh, how you know uh, one guy got a symbol thrown in his head, and and uh, if that moment hadn't happened, he wouldn't have pushed himself to be the person he was. So it's to the point where it becomes abusive. But anyway, it's it's a phenomenal movie about jazz, and um, it's got the lovely Melissa Benoist. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah, I I think I've seen this movie three times since it got nominated for an Academy Award. It's hmm. phenomenal. I mean, just the last um, sequence alone is—I literally was like on the edge of my seat. And for a movie where the kids just playing drums can do that to you, it's saying something. And J.K. Simmons is just—you've obviously I mean, never seen Drumline. He, <laughs> he was amazing. 
in this yeah. movie. Just there's this whole meditation on what do the ends justify the means when it comes to trying to inspire people to greatness, even if you're going to destroy them in the process. Yeah. I mean, he, he drove one of his students to greatness. I mean, he was just this amazing musician who was a recording artist and was very pretty famous. And it was to the point because of what had happened to him before they alluded to the fact that he killed himself because he was so completely destroyed by J.K. Simmons' uh, method of of inspiration, but it, it's it's a fantastic movie. If you've if you've never seen it, you really should watch it. It's it's just I bought it and I've seen it several times too. It's just amazing. I always thought this was the story of Buddy Rich. I didn't realize no. it. You know, yeah. Nope. It's a modern huh. modern story it's about a kid who wants to be the next Buddy Rich. And the soundtrack, which is what we're talking about, um, it's well, got. Before we get onto the soundtrack, real quick, yeah. have you guys ever seen the clip of uh, Buddy Rich actually having a heart attack during a performance, and he's so fucking hardcore he wouldn't stop? They no. talk about it in the movie, but I haven't seen the clip. It's fucking you could you could see the moment where it happens, and he just keeps playing, and then at the end of it, he just you know signals to somebody they they come and get him, and he's like, I gotta go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> That's Buddy Rich. And then eventually he was killed by animal. <laughs> But Buddy, Buddy Rich was was the fucking tits as a drummer, man. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I haven't seen this movie is I'm not a big, you know, jazz fan, and I'm really not a big fan of jazz drummers because I spent so much time working in a place that had live jazz, and there's almost nothing in life worse than a jazz than a bad jazz drum solo. D- but dude. like the good ones, the good yeah. ones are so good. But I, it was one of those things where it's like you know. If you work in a pizza joint, it doesn't matter how good the pizza is. You know, after you know, you, it takes you a while to get back into pizza. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. I, mean, I I could watch this movie now because I'm far enough removed and I'm, I could appreciate how good it is. Because, like I said, there's a big difference between a bad drum solo, bad jazz drum solo, and a good jazz drum solo. And you could hate jazz and still end up really appreciating this movie. Maybe not loving it, but uh, really appreciating just the jazz. If yeah. oh, for sure. Because I mean, I really I thought this was like a biopic of Buddy Rich. That's one of the reasons I never saw it. No, but this we, uh, is definitely a uh, meditation on the relationship between mentors and proteges. Okay, well, I will yeah. check it out then. Yeah. And it's, with the jazz thing, if we ever get out to Kansas City, there's a place called the Green Lady Lounge that we need to go to that has live jazz every night, and they are extremely picky about who they let on the floor. So, nice. good stuff. Well, go hit the jazz museum first and then head over there because so what's awesome. what's your pick since only you and i know this soundtrack well what's interesting about the soundtrack is it's it's part um stuff that is kind of orchestral it's part original takes on songs for the movie and then it's part original material um and my my particular pick is that what you said i'm sorry yeah yes, your yes. pick um, the, the, the version of Caravan that they do by Duke Ellington that's from the end of the film is, I mean, uh, it's just, it, once you've seen the film, it makes a lot more sense. But when you hear it, it just is just crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. That would also be my pick of favorite track on the soundtrack is Caravan. And you want to talk about a good drum solo, Pat. That's a song that will do it for you. And when you see when if you finally see the movie, you'll just be your jar will be on the floor. It's crazy. Yeah, I tried to find something other than just using overture 
for this one, but every time I chose a sound uh, track off this one, it was just Jay Jonah Jameson yelling at me. <laughs> Not my fucking tempo, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you to stop? Um, no, that's that. That was the first one I got. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good one. Let's use that one. No, and it was just. Did I tell you to stop? Now you start. Now you're a goddamn wind up monkey. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, I, he he makes you very uncomfortable, and you want to hate him, but at the same time, you get what he's trying to do, and you kind of love him because he's just so damn charismatic. Hmm. But he's a bastard. <laughs> he really is a bastard. Nice. So moving on for the next now is something is me that's that's you yes yeah. <laughs> uh one of the biggest pairs of movies out there uh guardians of the galaxy volume one <clears throat> i put down this one because this is kind of like one of the reasons i like this movie like this one so much is one it's a stack of just great old school 70s 80s songs two thank you guardians of the galaxy for getting my kids into Blue Swede, David Bowie, Redbone, all these great—I mean, they didn't—they don't know who the five. The, before uh, this movie came out, they had no idea who the Five Stair Steps was. Um, a great, That's a great song too. It really is. It really is. Uh, Ain't no mountain high enough with Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Um, <clears throat> By the way, Mike, my kids are the same way. Yeah. It's like, all, I mean, these songs, Spirit in the Sky, Norman Greenbaum, and all that. It's like there's these great just songs that are now like almost like, I mean, I'm pretty much exactly like uh, um, Lost Boys With Me. You hear these songs, and your head goes right back to the scene from the movies. Uh, this is, I think, is going to be one of theirs. This is going to be their kind of like uh, Pulp Fiction type thing. You know what this I mean? This is a little bit more of the um, top 10 type songs, top 40 type songs than, than Pulp Fiction, I would say, but... It's it's just, this is kind of almost like a like a Forrest Gump cheating, but it's not quite as bad. No, I mean because honestly, all if, these songs are just so great on their own, you know, and they were they were known on their own. Yeah. But for the purpose of the movie, the way it fits in with the movie, like the storyline that she's making a mixtape for her son of the best songs, mm-hmm. it, it's so perfect. It really is. It, it makes really sense. Is. It's not it's not cheating in that case because yeah, it, exactly. It, it kind of turns it in on itself. So. And right. not all of them are. I mean, not all of them are super number one to make fooled around and fell in love the elven bishop one it's it's a good song it's not a great song and if you were going to choose a david bowie i mean here's a david bowie song about being in space and they went with moon age daydream yeah which yeah. i'm like very good nice you know you didn't go with the obvious one yeah you know you you, you man yeah you dug back and you know then they have cherry bomb you know it's like and that was kind of cool it's like hey cherry bomb oh you like this one? Well, then you know I love rock and roll. This is where they went on to. This is one of the one of the members of Cherry of the Runaways. You know, this is a little bit of like uh, and Lita Ford. She was yeah, and Lita Ford too. I mean, unfortunately, they don't know Lita Ford yet. But uh, <laughs> so here's where's the one I had. Here we go. Now that I I put on there because it's probably my number one favorite song off the 
off the whole album. It's a great song. I spent uh, many, many hours in a particular karaoke bar, and the bartender was the same bartender every night, and he would all, almost never, ever participate, even though everyone who walked through the door did. And he only ever participated twice, and both times he was doing that song. Oh, that's fantastic. The only uh, all-Native American band from the 70s. <laughs> yep. And I find it very funny that their name is like a, a, an offensive racial slur that no, most people don't even know. Okay. You got it. Um, Run with it, I guess. My <laughs> pick from this, however, is probably Cherry Bomb. Ooh, good one. What? Yeah. I, I mean, think don't get me wrong. There's a, I love just about every single track on this but cherry bomb probably because of the feeling i had when it kicked in during the movie mm-hmm. like as a part of the soundtrack this would be my pick i yeah. think we're all gonna have different selections uh-oh what are you going with uh joel uh, this is one of my all-time favorite uh songs from the time and well not the time but from the period from the 70s and every time I hear it, especially in in movies, and if I get in my car, I always turn it up. But I love Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Oh, that's a great that, song. The opening guitar riff is just, it gets me every single time. Every time I hear it, I just smile. I love it so much. Pat? Uh, I, it's, it's almost Ooh Child, but I got to go with I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. Nice. Yeah, solid picks. Yeah. All around. I almost went with Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede. I, that's what I thought you were going to go with. I just love to sing that one. Now, well, here you go, that's Mike. That's what I thought you were going to go with. Yeah. <laughs> then there's a good question for, for you, Mike, for those of us who there are kids who have fallen in love with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hooked on a Feeling is definitely my kid's favorite off the album. Okay. What about your girls? Oh, Moon Age Daydream. Really? No, no, no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, really? Wow. No. They're really into Rupert Holmes now. They're exploring his whole catalog. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was actually the, the, the Escape, the Pina Colada song. That was one where they're like, they listen to the words, like, because in the movie, you hear the song playing, you don't really hear a lot of it. And there's this whole, like, this whole theme. They're escaping from the prison in the movie that they heard that song and all that. And then after they listen to it the first time, they're like, this is, this is a song about two terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> the lyrics. Yep. Um, for them, I would probably ain't no mountain high enough. They really. That's another one where we're driving because this entire album is in our road trip soundtrack. I, I can see. I can see them duetting that. Oh yeah, Pat's been in the car before when they're all when they fall into three part harmony, and that's really mm-hmm. kind of imposing sometimes. But it's. Uh, I think ain't no mountain high enough probably is that one. That's awesome though, because out of out of all of us plus the kids, nobody picked the same song. And I think that speaks volumes to the sound. I mean, to the choices of the soundtrack too. I mean, there's so many different styles, so many different songs in there that you can't. Everybody has a favorite, but nobody really can fall on the same one because they're all so good. Some of our some of our other soundtracks, as good as they were, had obvious choices. Right. So that's awesome. <clears throat> and if you do get a chance, the second one around is. Just as good, mainly because it has Yes's Mr. Blue Skies on it. So, which nice. is my That's I'm ELO. ELO. Oh, sorry. Yes, ELO. I, I can kind of call. You can <laughs> make that mistake. That. Um, but Mr. Blue Sky is my when I wake up and I just want to kill everything. 
Mr. Blue Sky is on my morning. Let's not kill everybody soundtrack. <laughs> that C minus sweet child of mine. It calms me down. <laughs> keeps me from keeps me keeps the rage boner down. All right. <laughs> I didn't think that was gonna end with the phrase rage boner, but uh Josh. Um all right. Yeah, so, for my pick, we're going back to Tarantino. Yeah, All right. Speaking of rage boners. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Let's get a little little sample from this one. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. I hit the ground. Bang, bang. That awful sound. Bang, bang. My baby shot me down. Okay, I love this movie, but I really love the soundtrack, which is funny because there is actually one song on here that not only is a skip, it's probably my least favorite song of the decade it was recorded in. Oh, jeez. Okay. What, a, what a great opening song for this soundtrack and this movie and everything. I mean, you know, for fitting the premise of the movie and the premise of the soundtrack, it's well, it goes it's back to what tone. we, yeah, it, well, it goes back to what we said about the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Is that he pulls these obscure songs from famous famous singers and producers and all that that just for some reason or another perfectly fit the scenario that he's trying to create within the movies. Yeah, and this one is even more all over the place than a typical Tarantino. You've got uh, a couple of theme songs to TV shows between Green Hornet and Ironside. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got, of course, the Nancy Sinatra song we just heard. Uh, and then you've got some good uh, RZA stuff and then the absolutely awful Ballad of Oranishi, uh, which is probably in my like top 10 worst rap songs I've ever heard. Well, and then you've got new stuff. Well, not new, but I mean, the five, six, seven, eight is woohoo. I mean, that's. Yeah fairly recent i mean it's not for the soundtrack itself but i mean compared to the other stuff but yeah the rizzas i think were yes all specifically for the film i hate to say i'm not as familiar with the soundtrack as i should be oh it's so good like uh like i said just skip the bell and Ranishi and listen to the rest of it on repeat uh my yeah. actual favorite track on this is battle without honor or humanity mm. it's entirely instrumental um and it's one of those where when you hear it you're like okay i remember where this was in in the movie in what, the, what's the thing. what's the one that has the whistling in it oh that was initially the nerve okay no, no the whistling is pretty much all whistling oh okay i i thought you were talking about the the iron side with that that thing in the oh yeah here's <laughs> Yeah, that twisted nerve is what the nurse is uh, whistling when she's going down the hallway. Oh, Battle okay. without honor uh, for humanity was in like all the trailers. It's uh, at the start of the fight with the crazy 88s. Mm. Yeah, I, I unfortunately this is I have not seen this movie as much as I should. So. Yeah, the first one is like I enjoy both halves of Kill Bill, but I especially love Volume One. See, I like Volume Two better. Huh. Not for any good reason. He's just being contrary. No, it's really. I mean, no. but one was a little bit too cartoonish with the blood, even though the fight sequences were awesome. That, 
and I know that was the point of it, but I'm I'm just saying, you know, I personally preferred the second one because it seemed more uh, character driven, and I Fuck. really I really loved that scene, the ending scene between the two of them when they fight face off. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And I like to have intellectual conversations about uh, topics. <laughs> Turned into Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have intellectual conversations. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> it is. That's the highest form of flattery. I are you <laughs> sandwiches with little little toothpicks in them? Are you for or against? <laughs> uh, does do other people have their picks? Uh, I would go with the Twisted Nerve. I didn't know what the name of it was, but that I, I somebody that plays uh, that that works in the poker room <laughs> has that as their ringtone, and every time somebody calls them, I'm, I, I get stuck in my head. <laughs> That's crazy. So so far we're two for two with instrumentals off of this soundtrack. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I for me, I just I love the sequence with the crazy eighty eights, and it all kind of kicks off to me with the five, six, seven, eights in the bar playing before all hell breaks loose. So I'm I'm gonna go with Lulu. That that's my second pick. To be honest with you, I'm going to go with. Bang bang, because it's the one that I know. <laughs> it's a good song. No, I mean it's a good song. I mean I think I I actually love Nancy Sinatra. I think she's a, particularly underrated for you know what she does. But I like I said I'm just not familiar enough with this one to be able to outside of like that and the theme you, you to know Green what I'm Hornet. About when I say the the whistling. Song? Oh yeah, yeah, I completely yeah. know it. But I mean outside. How about Woohoo? You know that one. Probably not loaded up real quick. Yeah, hang on, let me. Like and you know, don't let me be misunderstood. You don't yeah, know, you know it, but you know it. Okay, yeah, and it's well, a great cover too. So maybe it's just one of those that, that I just don't know. Honor, you know that one too. Okay. That was in like every commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know that song. <laughs> I know this song. Okay, maybe I know more. Th- I mean, it might be just a situation like I just don't know it. You know, said, don't, don't I, would, I would say you probably know about a third of these. Don't let me be misunderstood. That was the other one you said. Mm-hmm. Well, and you'll know better without battle without honor or humanity though too. Oh yeah. Again. Again. It's our cover of Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. It's great. Okay, so this is. I think this is another case of Joel and the Lost Boys because I, I don't know that I know these songs. Right. So there you go. So I'm gonna go with uh, Woohoo then. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have I have done stupid driving singing to that too so <laughs> but yeah so all right so then we've got our we've gone over our four yeah Rage. uh if you think that uh we missed a 
particular soundtrack or something you'd maybe like to hear us talk about because we'll probably revisit this topic at some point yeah well there'll, there'll be a soundtrack too i'm sure oh, yeah. i'm sure give us a call uh, let us know at 708 now wrap that's 708-669-9727 mm-hmm. and if uh you think we missed an album or there's a soundtrack that we should have had on this show that we completely missed uh give us a call 708 now wrap i just said that <laughs> yes you did <laughs> almost word for word holy <laughs> shit just said that. that's why it seemed like such a good idea to me oh <laughs> iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher. Oh my God, am I going to eternally be eating this candy bar? Because that sounds kind of cool. Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse, FM, Noon FM, and other podcasting directories. You can find our stuff there. Yes, that's your part. Yes, that's mine. (laughs) You know what it is? I should definitely put the now wrap above that. Let's move that that to the... Oh, man. Yeah. So what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? Strangely enough, Archie. Archie Comics... And a little bit of the cartoon versus the 2017 Riverdale. A little less strangely, if you know what it is this year, that would be a big anniversary for Archie. Yeah. Was it the 50th, 40th? I believe it's the 50th. Yeah. Good God. That's, I mean, Archie, I think at one point or another, all of us, except for Patrick, has read an Archie comic or had an Archie comic. That Uh, sounds true. Yeah. But I don't know enough about Archie to dispute it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Archie Comics versus Riverdale, which is actually a very dark take on what is normally seen as a all-American uh, red, white, and blue theme. Like where Jughead is usually the the worst part. You know, now suddenly not anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think we're going to have some interesting conversation about that. So uh, Yeah, it's basically a big excuse to talk about Riverdale. Right. All right, so we'll be back next week, and thank you for listening. And then you're like, I don't know. I try to figure out where the rest would be. This is more your anus. Smoke out of my nose, but that no, that's burn your nose off trying to do that. (laughs) I don't know. When I have more time, I'm going to have to uh, plan all the logistics of this.